This is Sunday Rewind. Take it back now, y'all. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Stevens and Mike Melby. Welcome in. Hour number two, Husker Rewind. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby. Every Sunday, 5 to 7. Of course, the Huskers fall today at Tampa in three sets to Texas, the hottest team in college volleyball. Nebraska goes down in three and ends their season at 33-2 and two in the Final Four, but a great year for Husker Volleyball. Good day for Nebraska basketball as they take on Kansas State in Manhattan and come up the victors 62-46 to 46 outscore the Wildcats uh, after being down 34-31 at halftime, 31-12 to 12 in the second half, play some great defense. So a pretty good day, and it'd be a much better day if Nebraska gets the commitment of Dylan Riola. It's looking less and less as the hours grow later into the night on a Sunday that Nebraska is going to get to uh, get him committed at least for today. But it looks still good before signing day, and we thought we'd bring in Nebraska football legend Jay Foreman to talk about it. Jay, how are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Good. Um, you know, it's uh, I guess we're one for one. Uh, I guess you know, men's basketball one is uh, obviously unfortunate that the, uh, the you know the women uh, uh, volleyball team ran into a bus all today. I think that's probably the best Texas have probably played, and that's uh, you know probably a little bit of a downer. But overall, I think it's a pretty good day for Husker. What would the commitment of Dylan Riola mean for this team? We, we we talked to BC about it, and of course, Kyle McCord was here. He's ultimately picked Syracuse as his school, but he was here on Monday. I think he heard the news of Dylan Riola potentially visiting this weekend, which he has and I believe still here. So he opts out for Nebraska and opts in for Syracuse. Did Nebraska, and I asked this question to BC, did they need a bridge quarterback, an older guy, uh, to play for one year, maybe a grad transfer, before um, before Dylan gets his feet wet. Did you feel like that was necessary for Nebraska? Oh, uh, I mean, I could see both sides. Um, I think uh, you know the one thing about Dylan, and obviously having a little bit more intel on him, he's a uh, <laughs> he, he's not your average senior quarterback coming out of high school. You, you know, he grew up the things that he was exposed to from you know the time he was born. Uh, put some way ahead of schedule as far as maturity, um, you know, knowing what it takes, work ethic, you know, knowing the game of football. Um, so in that case, I don't think it was like paramount that you had to get a bridge quarterback in McCord. And, you know, when you have a bridge quarterback, you want to make sure that if that's the case, that number one, you're not holding back a guy that can be a program changer, and that would be Dylan. But then also you got to make sure that the guy that's the, I guess, so-called you know, one-year rental is always okay with, you know, picking up any loose ends that, you know, might be the case of, you know, an incoming freshman. But like I said, I don't think Dylan's in that position. I think he's going he's gonna to come in. The one thing is, is like, he's going to, all you got to ask for him to do is come in and compete, be a good teammate, work hard, and the talent take care of itself. Now, whether it's starting the first game or the fifth game, I mean, eventually that'll take care of itself. But you know, it's going to be a competition. If Chubba Purdy and those guys are still around, they're not going to just roll over and give it to them. So it really doesn't matter who's there because it could be Kyle McCord, Jay Foreman, or anybody like that. You know, he's going to come in and compete, and, and you know, he's got an extreme amount of talent, or, you know, uh, and so that, that'll that generally take over, 
you know, based on what his mindset is and how he's been raised and the things that he's been exposed to from a football standpoint. You got to think, you know, his dad played with Matthew Stafford, um, who came into the NFL with a tremendous amount of pressure on him being the number one pick. And, you know, so he has a close relationship with him. And so he knows what it looks like, knows what it works, you know, what, it, what the work ethic needs to be and how you deal with pressure. And then, and then sometimes exceed expectations as far as, uh, um, you know, when, you know, taking Detroit from 0 16. And then when you walk in and you see a guy that's actually a quarterback, that changes the whole, potentially the dynamic of the team, right? It raises the work ethic and the expectations of everybody in the building, you know, coaches and players included. Uh, but, you know, you know, I, I would, and then also, you know, Dylan's a big piece of it, you know, and, and it's going to get bigger if, if he continues to, you know, grow and get better. Uh, but you need to start, you know, adding some more pieces so they all can grow together. That they do. Uh, Jay, I want to jump over to volleyball really quick, simply because I just saw a quote out of the NCAA pressers. Somebody in the press corps asked Harper Murray, uh, you never know how things are going to turn out and there's no guarantees, but I've said to people this year, if you don't get Nebraska this year, then you may not for a while. Do you feel like that? And Harper Murray's response was, yeah, I think we're going to win three national championships the next three years. So, <laughs> and Becca Alec chimed in All with right. an expletive. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm in some yeah, of the I'm, comments that I'm seeing on Twitter. It didn't sit well with some Nebraska fans. It seems like they're like, you guys just got smoked. Shut the hell up. But uh, what do you think of yeah, that type I mean, of uh, a belief in I themselves? I don't, a, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, they, you know, they're, they're, that butt kicking should be the fuel that they need. You know, you know, being on the big stage, you know, thinking that you're ready for the big stage and being ready for the big stage is different. Uh, like I said, you know, I'm, you know, I didn't ever play volleyball, but Texas obviously, you know, served tremendously well and had really in the Final Four, so they got hot. It's almost like when you get Nolan Ryan or Randy Johnson in the World Series, you, you know, look, it's you know, sometimes it's it's just a you know bad timing, and so, um, you know, look if they they're shooting for three, it's good. You got to get the first one out of the way first, and so you know the work starts as you know as soon as they, you know, get rested and recovery and back into their, you know, off season work, and and they should take this loss as as a fuel, but don't think that it's going to be a cakewalk. It wasn't easy this year, won't be easy next year because everybody is going to expect them to not only get back there but win it, and so everybody's going to be preparing for them in the off season. And that's a different mentality that you have to have, right? You have to have a little bit more edge. You have to be, you know, extremely uh, team-oriented and motivated, but then also individually, you know, motivated to exceed the expectations that you have with, you know, in, internally in yourself. And so it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different dynamic, but, you know, they're built for it. They're an extremely young team. Um, they all can get better, and they'll probably tell you they all can get better. And then if they take that mentality to get better um, – you know, they're, they're, they're the rest to take care of itself. Talking with Jay Foreman, one of the great uh, Nebraska linebackers of all time and one of the hosts of Old School here on the ticket. It's an interesting discussion, volleyball and football, because Nebraska volleyball is where you uh, had Nebraska football, among many others, a part of a 60-3 and three run. Volleyball is kind of there right now. Uh, and this is always the conversation, you know, the last 20 years. Yeah, Nebraska football always wins the off season. But it feels like Nebraska, this would be the biggest offseason ever. I mean, a little confidence that could go through, shoot through the entire program if he commits. Yeah. Uh, whether he, yeah, if he commits, yeah. Don't you yeah, see sure. it that way? I mean, Nebraska football needs that. I mean, a little optimism that's real, and this would be real. Yeah, I think, you, you know, it's the difference, you know, substantial and tangible winning the offseason. Uh, versus what, you know, seems, you know, what might have been before is like a lot of smoke screens, right? Where it's kind of, 
you know, uh, you know, the old saying, the peon, you can tell you it was Brandon, where this is substantial because to get this type of flip, even if, you know, even with the family dynamics, it's still huge because when you're ranked that high, you know, you have a, you, you know, you're, you're coming out of high school with a different mindset than because of the opportunity that you could, you know, realistically foresee yourself going. And that's, you know, potentially, you know, an all American, all conference. And then obviously, you know, the, the NFL is after that, but it's it not just, you know, Dylan, you got to think to get uh, Carter Nelson number, I don't think he's number one or number two tight end or whatever. He's highly ranked, right? Five-star kid. Uh, you got the Bricks kid from Iowa. So you think of, you know, where you want to really get better quicker and uh, get guys that may be more ready-made to come in and make a big impact. And then you get the number one quarterback in the nation to come. And the way college football is in pros and high school and anything else, you got a quarterback you know, that changes the whole dynamic of the team. Somebody that could actually play the position, control the game, control the pace. Um, it's a huge part. And it's probably is, you know, I wasn't here when Tommy Fraser came, but you know, I've, I've heard the story when he, when he came on campus and then, you know, it was just a different type of person in the huddle, different type of expectations. Right from when Tommy got in the huddle, you know, there's the stories of him being a freshman or sophomore. And getting after guys and, and, and tell them they're not doing good enough or when guys come in, there's nothing changing. So, um, you know, Dylan's got a long road, to, a long way to go before he can do that, but he has all the potential to do it. He knows how to do it because his dad was a tremendous leader, both in college and in the, in the pros. And so, um, it would be a win. It'd be a ta- more of a tangible win. And then also for the program as itself. And that's probably from, you know, the leadership from the top. So that'd be, you know, Trev, Trev Alberts and then all, you know, all the, underneath you know that's an evaluation process too that uh, uh an athlete like you know dylan is going to look at or his family or whoever he talks to is going to look at right is this is it stable at the top then you go to the head coach you know the coaching staff and potentially what you could do there you know so it all goes into it it's not just like hey i can come to nebraska and play he's gonna play anywhere he's no one player in the nation you're not you know people aren't recruiting him and, and there's no promises but you know, he's not coming in and like, all right, I'm going to redshirt and then maybe I'm going to play, you know, year four or five like my mindset was in, um, versus him. You know, he, you know, obviously he's got to work for everything. You know? So that's just the basis, right? He's yeah. hard work and all that. But obviously, you know, people are looking at him as a guy that can come in and definitely, you know, be an addition and a huge addition to the program. So, yeah. you know, I think for Nebraska to get him, it, it, it's big because, there's more to it. You know, you can just look at the record. Obviously, we haven't been to a bowl game, it seems like, forever for, for him to come in and, and, you know, even with the family ties, I wouldn't say take a chance, but obviously have a vision of, you know, I could be a big part of something special. Yeah. Um, and it's bigger than just, like, the, the right now and going and, you know, to somewhere else. You talk about Nebraska not being to a bowl game. What's that? 2017, 2017. Yep, yep. I remember Nebraska going through a similar process. It was a little different in that Tom Osborne hadn't won a bowl game. They were always going to bowl games, but they lost seven straight. And they start to recruit a little better. They get Tommy Frazier. It all turns around. There's a there's a different mentality from the quarter when you get the quarterback position. Yeah, Carter Nelson's great, and Grant Bricks is great. But if this actually turns out, and he really is the best quarterback or the second best quarterback or whatever, however you rank him in the country, it can really change a program. Um, we'll see. Right. We'll see where it goes. But, I mean, that's real momentum. If, it, if you get a Tommy Frazier, things change. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, you got to think it's, uh, well, I mean, look, everybody else has to perform, you know, around them. But when you have somebody that's legit, and this is not taking anything away from the guys that are on form uh, decently, but I think when you get somebody that, that's at that level and you get guys around them, then you start to see like, okay, yeah, we this guy can make, you know, this whole team and the mentality change, you know, it, 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 playing quarterback is just not throwing the ball and running plays. It's a, it's a, I mean, I would say this. I remember this conversation having with David Carr and he was a young guy and he didn't have a veteran around him. Right. But so he didn't come to the NFL with the, the pedigree that maybe Dylan has as far as, you know, what, what it took. And I said, Dave, when I get here, you're not here. When I leave, you're not here. Right. And he didn't know what it mean. You know, I gave him a little while to think on it. But I was saying, you know, when you're a quarterback, that means you're going above and beyond. It's not just doing the basics, essentially, to, you know, be on the team. You know, you are the team and you got to make sure everybody else is, is, is reaching that standard. So it's bigger than that. It's, you know, the offseason workouts, it's the leadership, it's, it's pushing guys, it's challenging guys. It's being very demanding on on what needs to be done in order to be successful. And so that's the part that's got to be as big, as much of a five star as the arm. I mean, he has arm talent. He's a legit six three and a half, two hundred and twenty pounds. He's a tough kid. He's a good athlete. You, all that stuff is where you get the you know get on there and they put your picture next to the stars, right? But what what really makes accentuates the stars is what what you know internally you know burning inside you and what's up top you know, inside your head and, and w- what you're willing to do. And then you got to be able to deal with some adversity, right? You got, you know, the fan base is, you know, sa- you know, salivating for some sort of success. And with that success, as fast as they rode you in here on a chariot, they, they'll, you know, they'll think you'll, you know, you go from the best thing since yeah. Tommy Frazier or Adrian Martinez to the worst thing since whoever. You always just got to be right in the middle and understand that, you know, the, you know, as much as you can get high, you can get low. It's never as bad or as good as uh, people make it seem. Jay Foreman joining us on the Allo VIP line where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Jay, I want to ask you one thing that I believe Dylan Riola would have wanted to know, as well as his father, Dominic, and that is who is going to be my position coach. So before we let you jump off, do you have any thoughts on the fact that maybe Nebraska is going to bring somebody in? And if so, when do you expect an announcement like that? Uh, is it possibly like with Jake Peets? It could be after the NFL season. If it's somebody else, could it be sooner? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, that I don't know. I mean, they might have some inclination, and that's the you know, conversation between them. But I just assume that, it's, it's, you know, they have the faith in, you know, Matt Rule and if he's gonna make any changes and that's between those guys and and I'm sure he's gonna, you know, wonder about that. But, you know, I think, you know, they the Satterfield's offense, so operating within the offense you gotta be, you know, ready to go. And so I don't really think it's a it wasn't a deal breaker, but I'm sure it's a probably a conversation piece and that's a, you know, maybe yeah. it was a selling point. I mean I think it's at the point now where they're trying to just, you know, get him in the right position and obviously, you know, where he's most comfortable. You know, I think he probably feels at peace that Nebraska if he chooses to come here. And, um, you know, that's part of the process as well. And so, you know, surround him with good coaches, good good teammates, good culture and stuff like that makes him play a lot better. So if he has a – you know, if they have a guy that they kind of told him they had an eye yeah. on, I'm sure that helps out as well. Uh, a lot of times the offensive coordinator – 
is the quarterback's coach, and Marcus Satterfield was. Uh, I think Turner Gill was when you played. Um, how much of a difference does it make? You played in the NFL. How much difference does it make to have a quarterback coach? Does, did every team have one? Yeah, it's good. I mean, look, man, I think, you know, when you think of Marcus Satterfield, I think you got to, you know, like pump the brakes a little bit. And like, uh, you know, he had a lot of injuries on what he did. And, and so I think every week he had a game plan to try to win. So, um, you know, I think, it'll, look, everything goes well. It's going to really give Nebraska a lot more leeway or more cachet to go to see other people. So yeah. I like it. Um, I think it'll be good. And, uh, you know, I think it's one of those things that, uh, you know, help out. Hopefully it's a, you know, a paramount uh, victory for Nebraska. Yep. Well, we love old school. We think you're great. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. All right. All right. See you. There he is. Cool. Uh, thanks, Jay. The right. Hall of Famer, Jay Fullman, um, with great opinions, as always, uh, and part of old school with DP. Yeah, yeah. Jay Foreman having great opinions is nothing that's breaking no, news. I, I just thought I, I'd share that. I, I like to state the obvious sometimes on this show. Yeah. Uh, still probably going to do our picks of density, uh, but I would like to continue our conversation on Dylan Riella and what he could mean for the Nebraska program going forward. I, I'm, I'm a little nervous until he's in the boat. He's not in the boat. Um, but I think he's going to be in the boat. I think it's perhaps there's a chance that he's already in the boat. He just hasn't told us for some reason. Sometimes five-star recruits don't always call me uh, before they make their announcement. I wish they would, but they don't always do it. You know, one thing that I want to do as well is we, we love it when you guys are a part of the show, the Sutter Heyman text line has been fantastic. And the Honda of Lincoln hotline is lit up a little bit as well. We're going to get to Ernie on the other side of the break. We'll talk Dylan Riola. We talk some Husker hoops, Nebraska volleyball, anybody that listens to this show on a regular basis knows that we try to cover as much as we possibly can because uh, there's so much to talk about. And I think we're going to be off for the next couple of weeks. Well, yeah, we are. So we got to cover even more ground. <laughs> there you so. go. More All right, on back. the way. Yep. It's Husker Rewind. Mike Melby, Tom Stevens, more on the way. This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Husker Rewind here at 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Thanks for everyone who is watching on the Sarter Heyman live stream. We are live on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube, as well as on Channel 951 through Allo. All of our guests appear on the Allo VIP line. Jay Foreman was just on there. Brian Christofferson was on it last hour. Tanya Taki was on the Allo VIP line last hour. And now the uh, Lincoln Hotline, we're going to jump over, and Ernie is on the phone. Ernie, how are you? Hey, guys. Great show tonight. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm in Atlanta near Buford and uh, big time fan, big time college football fan. And you guys are having a great, a great show. Jay Foreman was fantastic. And your screener, Ben, is great too. Cool. Well, I'm very, very happy for you to say that. Um, your thoughts. So you're down in, in and around the, the Buford, Georgia area. What yeah. was the, how, how was Dylan received down there? I mean, was, was everybody super excited when he transferred and was going to play the year there? I've got an interesting perspective. Yes, he was received extremely well, especially by his teammates, his future teammates. Um, uh, let's see. I, I I grew up in Georgia, but while I follow the Bulldogs, I bleed Husker red because my dad was a quarterback and a pitcher, a backup quarterback and a pitcher for the Huskers in the 60s. And so I have followed Nebraska, you know, obviously my whole life. 
I've got five titles in my lifetime, mm-hmm. and I always feel like everything's cyclical in college football, and we've all we've all been waiting for the cycle to reset. And with Matt Rule being as awesome as he is, I I feel like I'm so excited, like I haven't been in so long. Um, but yeah, he was received well, very well. I mean, obviously, it was very strange because. Um, I didn't know really who he was, and um, my girlfriend lives in Buford. I live in a town close by. Her daughter's on the football team um, as a staff, like a manager member. She goes to school there. And so I heard about this guy coming in as like a top recruit. <laughs> and they had just beaten my alma mater, Norcross, in the spring game, like 52 to 20. Um, and it and and so they had a senior like quarterback in place. They had a team in place, but you know who's gonna turn down the number one recruit, number one quarterback coming in? Some people might argue top two, top three, whatever. But uh, he's been fantastic. I think they got plugged in right away. Hey. And uh, you know, I got a chance to see him four times this year, and it's just incredible. I mean, I've I've seen everything. What's What's the reaction of uh, the average Georgia fan? I mean, because this guy, uh, we heard he yeah. had a mediocre senior year. He threw 34 touchdowns, one interception. Uh, but yeah, obviously, mediocre. if Nebraska fans lost to Dylan Riola, and they already did, uh, the sky is yep. falling. Uh, but Georgia's in a different place in the college football world than Nebraska is right now. They had won, what, 29 in a row up until yeah. they lost to Alabama and, this year. And, so what's the know, adi- it was like us in ninety four and ninety you know back to back national titles right. as well. I I like to see them do well, but I don't put, like if Nebraska were to play Georgia, I'd be you know bleeding Husker red all the way. Um, but growing up in Georgia um, for the most part of my life, I do still follow them. You know, at the end of the day, I just I think there's some dynamics going on, and and I've looked at a lot of various you know, recruiting experts, quote unquote, this week that are very good that have different ideas. They if their senior come if their if their back comes back, then, you know, people are saying he's gonna be a top one top two, top three. He could leave this year and be a top three quarterback pick in the NFL draft, but if he's coming back, I just think five stars this day and age, you know, they wanna start. They want to prove their, they want to prove their worth. They don't want to like ride pine for more than two years. I still think if the guy came in from Ohio State and he had to sit for a year, it would have been great for everybody. But he's still going to probably want playing time. I feel like Matt was probably honest with him there. Um, I think the other thing that came out that a lot of I haven't really heard anybody talk about, but you know eight. Georgia had like 18 kids go in the portal, including like a, a Butkus finalist from last year. And it's like you look at their schedule that the SEC released earlier this week, like almost in tandem. I mean, they're opening against Clemson. They're at Old Miss, at Texas, and at Bama. <laughs> and then they still got to play, you know, Florida in the Gator Bowl and host Kentucky and Auburn. That doesn't sound like a schedule that somebody's going to possibly – be in the in the final 12 next year. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I know that NIL and the transfer portal has been a huge shift this year, but I got to tell you after what I heard our head coach say this year uh when he was on 
you know, a national show, a very popular national show that it seems like the whole country was watching earlier this week. When you couple those three little pieces to the pie, NIL, transfer, and growing your own and recruiting your own talent, I feel like we got the best guy for the job. And I've never been so excited in, you know, probably 23 years as a Husker fan than I am with Matt Rule. Hey, Ernie, greatly appreciate you calling into the Honda of Lincoln hotline here on 93.7 The Ticket and Husker Rewind. Um, living down in that Buford, Georgia area, I work with a gentleman who is a massive Georgia Bulldog fan. And what yeah. I had heard about from some of the message boards that I didn't read, but some of the sports writers locally had said is that it seemed as though the average Georgia fan took the news of the possibility of Riola uh, flipping his commitment to Nebraska with kind of a meh. Whatever, you know, we, we already know that we can do it without five stars because, you know, look at Stetson Bennett and, and, and everything that's gone on with our quarterback situation. I asked the gentleman that I work with, and he said a lot of expel, expletive words that I can't say on the air about him. Uh, he was not yeah. happy about it. And I, what, what, was, what, do, what do you hear from Georgia fans that are in and around where, where you work at, where you hang out at, whatever? Yeah, I think, I think, it's, I think most of them, and even some of the stuff I've seen online, most of it is kind of negative. Um, I follow him, the, 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 the quarterback we're talking about, I follow him on Twitter. Um, and I, I did see the mysterious tweet, you know, the other, the, I'm sorry, X, or, I know, we're, we're all still, we're still, we're all still <laughs> learning the vernacular. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I saw him on X and, you know, that, that cryptic tweet um, or post, and, um, yeah, I, I have seen a lot of negative negativity. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they hadn't had a title in 40 years. And, you know, they were, this, this, the, the sec, they were second in, in command to only Bama in the SEC. So, but their fans acted like they had won five titles or something like we had, which obviously they, they haven't. But, yes, I, I saw it very negative. But the, at the end, at the end of the day, they've got another five-star recruit coming in, and they've got it looks like their quarterback coming back um, for a senior season. And you know, at the end of the day, with everything I've heard and analyzed myself, um, I just I think he loves competition. I don't think it's about that, but I think it's about going to a place that he's got roots and that he can make an impact. And I heard somebody say this week. If he were to go to Georgia and win a national championship, he'd just be like the next quarterback that did one. Yeah. But if he were to win one at Nebraska and bring a bunch of wide receivers and running backs with him, by the way, there's already three briefer kids on the roster, including that awesome running back, number 23. Um, I, they build like a statue for him, yeah. is, one of, is yeah. what one, one person told me. And I love that an analogy. Yep. Yep. Well, that's great stuff. Uh, call back some time. Good call. Yeah, we'll great call, Ernie. Greatly appreciate we'll it. Appreciate yep. everything you guys are doing, yep. and you guys are awesome. Thanks, Thanks Ernie. Good night. Um, and he makes a good point. You know, it's not as big of a loss to Georgia as it would be for Nebraska. And and I think some quarterbacks go in there and they look at how Georgia has won. You think of you. You made the point, Stetson Bennett, Carson Beck. They're more game managers. Remember, Justin Fields went to Georgia, never played, transferred to Ohio State, and had a great career. Maybe you look at that as a five-star quarterback who could really throw and really move and are dynamic, and you think, 
do they really want me? Are they going to participate in NIL the way I want them to down the road? I think Georgia had the number one recruiting class, and I think even without Dylan Riola, they're still going to have the number one recruiting class. But he, Ernie mentioned 18 guys leaving. That seems like a lot yeah. for any program. Yeah, it, it, I, I was shocked over the course of the last, I guess, 10 days to two weeks of the number of players that you'd see on the the people that I follow online that w- report this yeah. stuff continually, uh, the number of people that were leaving Georgia. And I'll be honest with you, it, it seemed like with Jacob Hood and MJ Sherman uh, that, yeah. that you know maybe one of these guys may want to come to Nebraska mm-hmm. too just because they've got I'd some former teammates call. and they, yeah. Although but, I, I think... You, Year one is different from year two, and I think Rule Royal, Matt Rule is very serious about not wanting to go overboard with transfers. But when it's a Georgia transfer, sometimes there's a little bit of extra juice. Well, when there's a guy that can, I think his quote was, "When there's a guy that can make an impact immediately, you've got to go after him, yeah, and go after him with everything you've got." And you know, to to a couple of points that have been made on the Sarder Heyman text line tonight, uh, talking about, hey, we need. We've got to get the transfer guys in. You know, come on. We need tra- – no, we don't, actually. I, 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 Julian Fleming would be nice. I don't see that happening, but, you know, whatever. I think he's going to Penn State. I think he is as well, but, but I wouldn't regardless, mind Regardless, I would him. love to have him. The flip side is, if Dylan Riola does uh, announce tomorrow, Tuesday, or Wednesday, or later tonight, who knows, uh, and he does wind up signing with Nebraska, how many players that are currently committed elsewhere decide that, you know what, um, that's the guy that I want to go play with? And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a, a last-second flip. There was an interesting story reported. I don't know how true it is, but it, Husker Online, so it's probably very true. Um, saw it posted that nine coaches, all the assistant coaches from Nebraska, went and visited Carter, Carter Nelson, Nelson in Ainsworth, except for one coach who stayed back in Lincoln. His name is Donovan Riola. He stayed with Dylan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much as a bodyguard. Not that Dylan needs one. He's 6'3", 220. Or probably bigger by now, probably closer to two thirty. But I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Yeah, it really was. And and you know, everybody listening right now, everybody that's not listening, that's a Nebraska football fan, they they're very hopeful that that Dylan Riola is going to commit to Nebraska and come in and and just be what he is, and that, you know, just be himself and have success, uh, individual and team. But the thing that I I true, and if that does happen, what has gone on this weekend on this official visit to me? Tells me a little bit about Dylan Riola. I don't think I really knew. The fact that he, one of Matt Rule's big deals is, hey, guys, you need to be supporting the other athletic programs that are here. Dylan Riola was at the women's basketball game today. He was at the wrestling match last night. He's a guy that was, you know, if he does commit and comes here, it's obvious he gets it. Yeah. And and he went to support these teams. Now, you know, that that, that told me a little bit about him because if you're on an official visit and you're the top dog in the country, like, are you going to spend a lot of time out and about in the public and go into these events? I would think that would be something you'd kind of shy away from. He didn't, and it wasn't because he wanted to go stand in the limelight. He just, I, it felt like he wanted to go support him. This Dylan Riola story feels like it's been a made-for-TV movie, or even beyond that, for what four years? I mean, Scott Frost is the one that started recruiting Dylan yeah. Riola. I remember when he recruited, uh, showed up at a Friday Night Lights camp, and I saw his arm. I'm going, that's ridiculous. Uh, I have not seen a Nebraska quarterback throw any balls, like including Turner Gill, including any any quarterback you'd like to name. Brooke Berenger had a big arm, not that kind of an arm. Um, but this story, more to be continued. How does it end? 
I mean, I can't wait to watch <laughs> the four rest days of it. To wait, yeah. Um, not just for you know signing day on Wednesday, yeah. but beyond. Does it end like Turner Gill yeah. and Nebraska and Tommy Frazier? Like you know yeah. that ended pretty well uh, yeah. with three national titles. Um, I'm anxious to see where it goes, but I do think it, even if it doesn't go there for Dylan Riola, I think the momentum that he's created could the confidence that he's created with the fan base because we always talk about Nebraska winning the offseason, but they've never won it like this. Oh. And and they if if it indeed happens on Wednesday and he does sign with Nebraska, it's never happened like this. But the momentum that it could create with, you know, not only the the recruits in this class, but the guys that are working and lifting and doing all those things that they need to do to get ready for spring and the season. I just think it could be a huge jolt uh, for this program. And don't discount Daniel Kalen either. I think him recommitting to the program was a big deal. Well, and I thought Jay brought up a fantastic point about Daniel Kalen. And, and again, I just talked about, you know, Dylan Riola showed me a side of him that makes me go, damn, that's a good, genuine human being yeah. by what he was doing, going out in the public, supporting the Nebraska athletic programs that are not football. Daniel Kalen, you know, being a little frustrated, making a couple of phone calls, sleeping on it, et cetera. I'm sure he had conversations with Coach Rule, Coach Satterfield, and ultimately is like, you know what? This is where I want to play. I'm assuming I'm paraphrasing, you know, what I think he was thinking and saying to people. But he's a guy that it's like, you know what, young man, you showed me and the Nebraska fan base a hell of a lot by sitting there and going, you know what? I'm going to stand by my commitment. I'm coming. Where it's game on. You know, no offense to Dylan, but if he thinks that it's just uh, going to be handed to him, I'm going to give him everything I've got to make sure that regardless of which one of us get on the field. That's kind of the gist I get from Daniel um, Kalen. And I remember like, you you want guys like that on your team. When Dylan decided to go to Ohio State and then eventually ended up at Georgia, it felt like it was going nowhere. Uh, and we talked about it a little bit on the show, the momentum for Nebraska recruiting. There were some good gets. Uh, but at that point, you weren't going to get Devon Hill. You weren't going to get Isaiah Morris. You weren't going to get Carter Nelson. He was looking at Alabama at that time. You weren't going to get Grant Bricks. Uh, well, Grant Bricks was in and out. Remember would've. that whole thing where they parked a trailer by his high school, and that was a great move by by uh, Matt Rule. But he's responsible in a big way for bringing this class together yep. and put in a lot of recruiting hours for for Nebraska football. So I, as a fan, I appreciate that. And, and I think that guy should get a lot of credit for sticking with his commitment. And, and one thing I want to throw out uh, that, that – you and I fall victim to uh, everybody on O Street or about 11th. Please pull over. Fire truck coming through. There's a fire truck right there. Um, nothing is done. And the, you, you mentioned it numerous times. You know, win the offseason. Yay. No no games have been played. No downs. The ball hasn't yeah. been snapped once on any kind of a practice. If uh, Dylan Riola winds up here, we're not making any bold predictions at national championships. We're not doing anything. Um, I'm just simply looking forward to seeing how the story that you alluded to starts to play out like we get through the first three chapters of all of the recruiting and let's say Dylan Riola signs with Nebraska I can't wait to start reading chapter four about his first spring practices and about yeah. Daniel Kalen's first spring practices yeah. and then it rolls into next year and don't discount him uh, in the race either no, and, and that I'll, guy won't quit and I'll be honest um until I see it on the field I, I'm going to do my absolute right. best moving forward to stay away from the Kool-Aid and just be like, hey, you know what? Everything looks looks good on paper, but they don't play the game on paper. Let's wait till they prove it on the field. But yeah, uh, but he I, has to sign a paper that lets people exactly. know that he's coming to Nebraska. So that's a big deal, and we'll know at least by Wednesday whether or not he's coming. But if he does come, wow, 
what a momentum changer it is for Nebraska football. I just hope he, he does come. And it looks like there's a very good chance of that. Uh, one more break to go. Uh, picks of density? You yeah. want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we, let's do our picks of density. We'll do it next. It's Husker Rewind. This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Final segment, Husker Rewind. Every Sunday, 5 to 7. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby. Been another good show. Lots of news today. Of course, Husker Volleyball, they fall in 3 to Texas in the national title game. Nebraska basketball with a big win today, 62-46. Outscores K-State 31-12 to at the second half. And Nebraska, all Husker fans, waiting on the announcement by Dylan Riola. Hopefully it comes within the next, uh, well, by Wednesday anyway, uh, when signing day happens. In the NFL today, had the Dolphins. Jake has to be really happy because uh, they he were. He was there. He was there. Uh, 30-0 over the Jets. Of course, everybody beats the Jets, but when you're watching live, it's always good to see them do that. Uh, Texans beat the Titans. It was the Bucks over the Packers today. The Packers in the playoff race, but falling quickly in that. Saints beat the Giants. It was the Panthers over the Falcons. Browns beat the Bears. Chiefs struggled, but did beat the Patriots. Boy, Bill Belichick cannot win a football game these days. 27-17. to it was the 49ers over the Cardinals. Rams beat the Commanders. Your Cowboys, after clinching a playoff berth, fell to the Bills 31-10. to And you have the Ravens-Jaguars tonight. My so Cowboys. Uh, oh, well, hey, real said, quick. Off the starter him at text line, uh, a couple of people, Charles uh, and Brian, I believe, saying, hey, bottom line for those saying, you know, Nebraska hasn't p- taken people out of the portal. That's kind of the plan. Don't worry about it. Uh, some some uh, thanks tips for some blatantly obvious uh, statistics from last year about how bad Nebraska's quarterbacks were. It's like, yeah, thanks. You know, no. I, I didn't realize. You no. know. Anyway, I think they need to hit the portal for linebackers, maybe a grad transfer quarterback if he can find one. But, you know, you're probably going to have to get the blessing of a Dylan Riola to do it or keep Chubba Purdy. I, I think bottom line, there's I think there's probably going to be six to eight player movement deals that happen here within the next, and not just by Wednesday. Yeah. I think by the end of uh, the signing period, the yeah. first Wednesday of February, I think there's going to be six to eight, maybe even ten players at Nebraska now yeah. that maybe decide to move, yeah. or maybe they switch they're positions, have to or maybe they whatever. They're it, way there over is, the scholarship they're, they're limit. Roughly 95. Yeah. Uh, and then there may be some additions, too, because if Dylan Ryla does sign, I'm betting somebody's going to come that we had never heard of before. There you go. Let's get to the picks of density. It's time now for the Picks of Density. Because it's a pick! Wait, it says density on here. I'm your density. Oh, I get it. Because your picks carry a lot of weight, right? That's some heavy shit, man. All right, let's roll with it. The Picks of Density. You won the regular season in football. Yep. You killed Tanya and I. College. Uh, but it rolls on. The picks of yeah, density. Yeah, we started over with you and I doing. It never ends. Bowl games and NFL, and uh, we'll do college basketball. So we're going to get through uh, eight quick games here. Philadelphia, they are. Wait a minute, that's last week. Never mind. <laughs> Go to this week. <laughs> Baltimore, three and a half point favorites at Jacksonville tonight. Tom, who you got? Uh, I like Baltimore in that one. All righty. They still have Lamar, right? They They're do. I took, I took Jacksonville on the points. I, I don't know. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a big game with his elastic ankle. Uh, Philadelphia, four-point favorites at Seattle. Monday night football tomorrow, but I have heard Jalen Hurts is not 
uh, the prognosis is and, not good. What do you and think? And even with him, they haven't been playing great football no. as of late. So I'll still take Philadelphia. Okay. I'm going to still take Philadelphia. I don't know why. I just have an inkling. Fair enough. Saints at the Rams. Thursday night football. Early things that I've heard. Rams are about four and a half point favorites. Who are you taking in that one? I'm going to take the Rams. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Saints. Saints won today, 24 nothing. They so did. They've got some momentum. Uh, Western Kentucky, one-point favorite over Old Dominion. I'm going to take Western Kentucky. Sounds good to me, Western Kentucky. And I don't know how good Georgia Tech versus Central Florida. UCF is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they cover. Uh, I'll go with Georgia Tech, then. Just because I need to pick up ground on you. you I think you're still killing me. I uh, I'm only up by a game on you so oh, far okay. uh, in the new in the new right. round. So South Florida versus Syracuse in the uh, roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, Syracuse, three and a half point favorite. I think South Florida covers. I'll go Syracuse then. And they just got the, they, Kyle McCourt, so they're, yeah. they're rolling. Yeah, I don't think he'll are. start in that game, though. I don't think he can I, start. Yeah, I don't game. think he can. No. Uh, Northwestern in the SRS Distribution Bowl after a 7-5 and five season. Uh, they are 7.5-point dogs to Utah. I think Utah rolls in this one. I kind of do, too. Even though Brian uh, Brom, coach of the year yep. uh, in the Big yep. Ten. Yep. No. David Brom. Yep. David Brom, sorry. And uh, the Huskers on Wednesday play North Dakota. I threw out my own prediction of what I think the spread is going to wind up settling at. I may be a little low, but I'm going to say 13 and a half. Nebraska uh, favored by 13 and a half. I think they cover. I, I think they're going to continue to play really well. I think they cover that as well. All right. It's going to be the picks of density. Yep, there you go. Uh, one final one for you. Uh, get off my lawn. And my nomination today is Bill Belichick. <laughs> Since Tom Brady left the program, and they lost again today. Uh, actually played better, I guess. Uh, the Chiefs beat him 27-17. He's now 28-35, and 35, I believe, uh, since Tom Brady left. He's not... I mean, he's 70... What is he, 71? Something like 71? I know he's a Hall of Famer, but it's time for him to leave. It's time for him to leave. Okay, fair he enough. Can, he can get off my lawn. Just, just get off my lawn. Mine is actually the guy across the sideline and his quarterback, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my goodness. Um, somebody should have grabbed you two before you started going off last week after the game. Uh, and and the you, how do you make that call? Yes, he was offside, but how can you do that to us? Yeah, yeah you know what? Get off my lawn. Get, up, get off my lawn. Get off. Get off my lawn. Um, the next gen is not firing. Ben, if you can hear me right now, could you come over and fix this? Because I don't know what I just hit. I hit a button. Yeah. I, I Tom, <laughs> you can get off my lawn. I can I just nominate myself. Get off my lawn. I don't know what I did. Uh, next gen uh, went down because I hit some sort of button. We just got a brand new computer system today. And you broke it on day one. On day one, I broke it. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> if it's broken, I apologize. Uh, but he's trying to fix it as we speak. So we, but so good we show get out today. Of yeah, no, a lot I, of announcements. I thought this oh would be a big goodness. show today. Um, I was disappointed with the way Nebraska. I thought that there was a good possibility that Texas was going to beat Nebraska in the national title game for volleyball because Texas is really good and they're coming off a national title. But now they've won two in a row. I was just disappointed that Nebraska didn't at least win one set. Yeah, same here. But at the end of the day, 
Uh, it's fuel and motivation, and Harper Murray has already called Nebraska's shot, as she said in the postgame presser, Nebraska's winning the next three. So, yeah. uh, Big thanks to Jay Foreman. Uh, Ernie from down near Buford, Georgia, called in on the Honda, Honda of Lincoln hotline. We also had on the Allo VIP line, uh, Tanya Taki, Brian Christofferson from Husker 24-7, everybody that's been chiming in on the Sarder Heyman text line. It's been a, just a fun, fun show. Uh, all kinds of anticipation about what's going on. Nebraska basketball kicking some A down in Manhattan earlier today. Uh, they roll 62-46. That's going to wrap it up for Tom and yeah. I. Have a fantastic week, sir. Do you think Dylan's already committed? I kind of, I don't want to put a, I'm not putting a cart in front of a monkey and a horse and all that, so yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful that he is going okay. to be here. Don't put the cart in front of the monkey. No. Uh, the monkey could get squished. Exactly. If that happens. All right. Um, I think he's already committed, but, you know, I've been wrong before. I was wrong once, I think. Um, but that was a that long, was 1987. Long time. Yeah, it was 1987. We are out. We will not see you next week or the week after because we're taking a vacation. Holidays. Christmas and the holidays. So, so Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody. Right. Be we'll safe. See you. see you. Bye-bye. Bye.